As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Wizards fans? Back with another episode of the Wizards Tip-Off Podcast. Chase Hughes, your host, and today on this episode, I'm joined by two special guests. I got a one-on-one interview with Jeff Green after his introductory uh, meeting with the media at Capital One Arena, uh, but to guest host, guest co-host this episode with me is none other than Steve Buckhans, the voice of the Washington Wizards for NBC Sports Washington. Buck, thanks for coming back on the show. Always good to see you, Chase, especially during the summer because uh, when we all part ways at the end of um, uh, April or May, uh, you know, it's few and far between visits with guys, so it's good to be back and see you. Well, as Chris would say, you're a world traveler, so you're in the Bahamas uh, yeah. and all these different places. It's hard to keep up, man. It's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Well, listen, when uh, the season ends and you've been to Milwaukee and Minneapolis and <laughs> Chicago and your butt is still frozen solid, uh, you like to get to the, the nearest island and chaise lounge that you can and uh, enjoy it a little bit. So I embrace the summer. I love it. Uh, I'm the pool boy in the summer. Uh, my wife swims in the pool and I clean it. So that's my job in the summer, Chase. You clean your pool, man. I'm going to have to ask you some questions. My parents have a pool and they're paying way too much money to get it clean per week. So yeah. I, I, they've tasked me with going on YouTube and figuring it out and I haven't done it yet. I'm thinking about doing that shortly. Um, um, but as it is, I like the challenge of trying to keep it clean. The pH levels. pH, got it <laughs> pH up, a lot of that, uh, a lot of chlorine, a lot of tablets. Uh, a lot of muriatic acid. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot <laughs> you know of your stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. You got to get all that stuff right. Alkalinity, the whole nine yards. And then <laughs> the hardest part is keeping the leaves out of the pool because I live, uh, there are a lot of trees around my pool. And so it's like a never ending task to try to keep the leaves out. So my problems are petty compared to most. But yeah. <laughs> uh, for me during the summer, that's what I do. Yeah, that's great stuff. Well, it's been obviously a busy summer for the Washington Wizards. We have a lot to catch up on. Um, you know, Jeff Green is a signing they made. They traded for Austin Rivers, and of course, they signed Dwight Howard. It's not official yet, but why don't we start with the Dwight Howard news? That's obviously the biggest move that they've made this summer, and a pretty aggressive swing, a pretty big risk, some might say, but obviously the potential for huge reward. Where do you fall on the um, varying wide array of opinions when it comes to Dwight Howard and this signing? Well, when I look at it, um in totality, and I see the starting five, it's pretty solid. looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, and even the reserves are better. I hated to lose Mike Scott, uh, but, the, uh, but, you know, you pick up Jeff Green, and that's, that's really great. 
So it's a solid team, as you said, the risk-reward thing. I mean, you, you hope that uh, at this stage of Dwight Howard's career that he is ready and willing to go all out and, and uh, be a teammate and, you know, pursue something that he's, that he's not had. And you hope that he does it here with John Wall and Bradley Beal and Otto Porter and all the other guys, and that he, to use the cliche, buys into this situation and is excited to play here and uh, is, is a selfless player with some really good other players on this team. So that's clearly what we're all hoping for. Um, I think that'll be the case. I hope it will be the case. Um, and that he's able to give this squad something that they, you know, they haven't had in a while, which is a, a guy that can be a fierce rebounder, a guy that can dominate in the paint. They don't need him to do a lot of scoring. We know he's not a big scorer, although he can be. Um, but I am excited for his rebounding and his defensive presence and just the Dwight Howard that I know that I've covered for what he's been in the league, what, 15, 14, 15 years? 15 years, I yeah, think. Yeah, 15 years. So I know in the 15 years I've covered him, he's been a tough guy. And he's hurt our team in many ways on different teams. So I hope he can be that way with us. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited, actually. I'm really excited to go into this season and see – what these guys can do. The biggest factor, I think the biggest two factors for me looking at the squad will be health, staying healthy, and chemistry. I think the excitement word that you used kind of stands out to me uh, because the more I think about it, I think entering this season, it's it's one way or the other going to be one of the more interesting ones we've covered in a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly there's been some times along the way, you know, John Wall's rookie year, there was a lot of intrigue there, but we're all fascinated to see how and if this will work. But the thing that stands out to me is it's going to be fun to watch John Wall and Dwight Howard in particular as a combination. And what do you think it could do for John to have a guy who can roll off a screen and maybe throw down a lob or just make dominant plays in the lane because he hasn't really had that? No, although he has had Marcin Gortat, who I think is probably as good, if not better than any center in the league, at taking that that wall pass off the screen and roll and going to the basket. Gortat had really good hands, able to finish really well, probably as well, if not better than any center in the league. So they have had it in that sense, but they haven't had a guy, you're right, in in Howard who can just take the ball and throw it down. I mean, it doesn't matter who's in his way. He will he will hurt you. And, um, and so I am looking forward to that. You know, John obviously runs up and down the court. I mean, that's that's the whole you know, mantra of this team is to get it up and down the court. Uh, so Dwight has to be able to move up and down the court and stay up with these guys. And that, I think, will be maybe one of his biggest challenges. That's a good point. I think if he's going to get that offense that you said, you know, the touches might not be there, it's going to be him because he runs up and down the court and does what he needs to do off the pick and rolls. Defensively, this team in the last few years hasn't quite been what it was uh, when they first started making the playoffs under jo- with John Wall. I think Trevor Ariza leaving uh, has a lot to do with that. Maybe uh, Nene and some of these guys that departed and were replaced, were replaced by others. Do you think they have a chance to kind of reestablish themselves as a top defensive team now that they have a rim protector? you think that could maybe make other pieces fit in place? I hope so. I was excited about that when, when I heard he was coming here 
because he is that kind of a defensive presence. So no doubt that teams have to think twice when they go into the lane against Dwight Howard or a team that Dwight Howard is playing for. So uh, there's no question about that. Defense is an interesting animal, Chase. I've watched for 21 years uh, every coach that we've had preach defense, some more than others, but all of them preach it. When uh, Scott Brooks came in, the first words out of his mouth two years ago were, uh, we need to be better defensively. Let's play defense at training camp. First words out of his mouth. Randy Whitman was the same way. So was Eddie Jordan. So was um, Doug Collins. Every single coach I've ever seen. So was seen, that Tap Scott and Bernie uh, Bickerstaff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, d- defense. I mean, look, that's what wins games. And we know that. Um, the question is, A, do you have the athletes that can play defense? And B, do they buy into that? It's a difficult thing for teams to do for 82 games. It's just like saying, well, for 82 games, we're going to come 110%. We know that can't happen because we're talking about human beings. And we know when teams, even good teams, get blown out, it's because it's almost impossible to play that way for 82 games. Having said that, the good teams play that way for the majority of the season. Will this team be that way? I mean, that is a conscious thing that you have to go out and do and make yourself play defense. You can't take plays off. And sometimes this team did that. So, I mean, I, that's the $64,000 question. I don't know if anybody knows it. I, I don't know if these players know it going into the season. Certainly they're going to want to try to be a better defensive team. Scotty Brooks will emphasize that. But will they consciously make the effort to be better defensively night in and night out for 48 minutes? We shall see. I want to ask Buck more about the Wizards offseason and also where they fit in the Eastern Conference now that a, uh, a pretty big figure in the conference has departed it uh, for the Western Conference. But let's hear from Jeff Green. I caught up with him one-on-one after his introductory meeting with the media at Capital One Arena. Let's hear from Jeff Green right after a break from our sponsors. Here with the newest member of the Washington Wizards, Jeff Green. Obviously, Jeff, this is sort of a homecoming for you. Um, what did you miss most about not living in this area that you'll now be able to enjoy moving back? Uh, being close to family. Um, you know, it was rare that I saw my family during the year uh, because of travel or, you know, my nieces uh, who are growing up fast. Um, you know, they have to be in school. My sister's working. Um, you know, so being able to be around family uh, would be great. And what do you anticipate, uh, you know, playing with John and Brad, also Dwight Howard, and then, of course, Otto Porter, who also played at Georgetown. I'm sure you know him very well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Otto's my guy. Uh, but I'm looking forward to playing with all those guys. Uh, Brad, John, Dwight, uh, Kelly, Keith, uh, a lot, all those guys, man. It's, you got a hungry group who, who are trying to prove things. Um, this organization, this team, um, uh to continue to piggyback off of what the Caps have done uh, this year. Um, I think it would be great for the city if you know we do our part in you know, continuing the success of the city. Um, so I think all the guys are hungry to you know, take the, the next step in their career and that's, you know, take the organization to you know, never be seen, never seen heights of you know, getting to the finals. And obviously you have a history with Scott Brooks, uh, the head yeah. coach. You said you talked to him before you signed. Um, 
what has your relationship like been like with him over the years, and how have you kind of seen him change as a coach? Because you knew him when he was a much younger guy as an yeah, assistant. He, he looked way better than he does now. Right <laughs> then. But, uh, um, you know, Scotty was, you know, my number one guy when he's always been. But, you know, when I first stepped foot on the NBA floor, he was there for me. Um, he was a uh, coach with Seattle when uh, I first got into the league. And uh, we've been close and tight ever since. Uh, we never lost contact. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, being coached by him again. Um, I know he's going to put us all in great position to succeed. Um, we just have to do our part on the floor. Uh, Richard Jefferson this summer kind of made a show of not wanting to be asked about where LeBron's going to go because he was a teammate. He knew all his friends and family were going to ask. I was curious, uh, did your friends and family, was anyone trying to get in, the inside scoop from you, and how did you kind of deal with that? I think anybody that was once affiliated or is affiliated with LeBron <laughs> was getting those questions. I mean, of course I got him. I was I would walk into Whole Foods and get him from people. But, um, I mean, you just laugh it off and you just say you don't know. I mean, people are going to continue to ask no matter what you do. I'm pretty sure RJ still got asked, uh, even though he came out of state, he doesn't want to. But, it, I mean, it was talk of the summer. Uh, I mean, LeBron is and will be probably one of the greatest ever played this game. So everybody wanted to know what he was going to do. But it was it was funny. It was fun. It was definitely fun to be a part of that is to always get asked and then not have an answer and look at people's faces you know, <laughs> while they're sad. So it's pretty amazing. You've played with five different MVPs in your career. And I was curious if you could just give me one word to describe each guy. So why don't we start with LeBron? Um, a beast. Beast? Yeah. <laughs> what, about, uh, negative what about KD? Uh, score. What about Russ? Fierce. The beard. <laughs> the beard. <laughs> uh, KG. KG. Amazing. That's that's my guy. He's an ultimate ultimate guy. That's he's a phenomenal guy. So last question, uh, Kevin Garnett obviously is a pretty unique personality. What was it like being his teammate? Um, I'm sure you have plenty of stories. Do you do you remember anything specific about him that stood out? No, nah, I mean, plenty of stories, yes, with nothing I can really share uh, on uh, camera. But he was just a, a great professional, um, a great leader, a guy who not only talked the talk, but he walked the walk. He, you know, he came to work every day, and he really showed myself, um, you know, how to be a true professional, how to go about your everyday work. And, uh, you know, he played a big part in my my mental approach of the game um you know because I was young when I got to Boston and playing with him so he definitely helped me out as far as you know my mental approach back on the Wizards tip-off podcast with Steve Buckhance the voice of the Wizards on NBC Sports Washington and Buck uh Troy Brown uh was their first round pick picked him 15th overall it's interesting to me I think I don't know how much you've seen about uh, the fan reception of him on social media, but it's already evolved in just a few short weeks. A lot of people didn't know about him. They looked at the vertical leap. They looked at the three-point percentage, and they, they maybe it was part of distrust with the front office, but there were a lot of people who didn't really like the pick. They said, you should have gone with Lonnie Walker or Zaire Smith or some of these other guys. Well, he's gone into the summer league and I think changed a lot of opinions about him very, very quickly. And I know you've been watching the Wizards in the summer league. What has stood out to you about him as he obviously is just starting out with his NBA career? Well, like a lot of folks, Chase, I didn't know much about him either. He played at Oregon, and we didn't see a lot of their highlights. <laughs> uh, you know, that's 
basically what happens on that side of the country. You don't see it over here very much. Uh, but what I've seen so far has impressed me. Uh, his ball handling skills, his, his ability to penetrate, to split defenders. And then I watched him the other night with this step back move that he's got, which when I saw it, I thought that's Bradley Beal. I mean, it looked just like that. And, and you know, that's clearly a, a, a phase of the game that all of these young players are starting to, to um, sort of adapt to their game and to, to hone that particular skill because that's become a huge shot in the NBA. So watching him in the summer league, I've been impressed. And um, I, I hope that he can contribute as the 15th pick. I, you know, I mean, there have been some good 15 picks in the NBA in the past, and taking a pick in the draft is always, you know, kind of an educated, educated guess. I don't like to use the word guess, but you know, it's it's a little bit of a gamble. You you never know what you're going to get, really. I mean, you hope you're going to get a good player. You've looked at him in college. You you think they can play. You hope they can contribute, and that's what we all hope. I think I've seen some positive things from this kid. I'm really excited to see him when he gets to training camp and when he, when he works out with the real team and see where he fits and if he'll be able to contribute. I hope he can because uh, when you take somebody in the first round, even at 15, you hope that they're able to, to uh, make an impact, some impact, or at least contribute, and I'm looking forward to him. I hope he'll be able to do that. Yeah, he plays a lot of different positions, but the Wizards now have newfound depth at all of those positions. Like yeah. Austin Rivers can play point guard, shooting guard. Of course, they have Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre at the three. Um, so he's going to really have to force the issue, as Ernie Grumfeld said. But after seeing him in the summer league, I wouldn't put it past him. He's going to have to work on his shot, but he's a much better ball handler than I thought he would be. I think he's going to be a sound defender. He's a very smart player, very good passer. So I think he's going to earn some minutes. Uh, it's just not going to be very easy. You know, uh, young players um – historically have to fight to get their minutes and their time and earn the trust of the head coach. I mean, you see what happens in the playoff. The head coach goes to a seven or eight man rotation because he's just not that comfortable with everybody on the team. But you hope that a guy like this can get some of those minutes. And I think that the team will, will you know, not be reluctant to give him minutes because he's a He's a promising young guy, and he's a 15th pick. You want to see him play. You want to, you want to be able to say, hey, look, this is going to be another one of those guys like all the young players that the Celtics have that are just all of a sudden incredible players. You want to give him the opportunity to do that. I hope they do. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope he'll be able to earn his minutes, and, and I'm, I'm curious to see what he can do on the court. A couple more questions for you. This uh, first one is actually from – uh, a, a listener of the show, big underscore dat on Twitter, and it's summer league related. Devin Robinson, I'm getting a lot of questions about whether he can actually contribute this year because he's playing really well in the summer league. He is. He's a two-way player going into his second year. He's undrafted. Obviously, that has puts him in a certain situation in terms of proving himself to the coaching staff. But what have you seen from him, and do you think it's out of the question that he can maybe make make a little noise at the NBA level this year? Well, even last year, although he only came up for, what, one game, and uh, you know we didn't get to see him a lot, but – but he was certainly on the radar, and I think he was on the radar because they feel like he's a very athletic player, and now you're seeing that in competition in the summer league. So, again, he's one of those guys that if he can prove himself or at least make the coach aware that he could be valuable to this team, maybe he'll be able to make that roster and stay up here with the big team and, um, and again, contribute. I think at some point, Chase, you know, at some point you got to start going to some of these guys and giving them the opportunity to play in this league. 
And if they can't play, then that will show itself pretty quickly. But hopefully they get the chance to play because you want to develop some of these young players for the future. You know, you can't as much as as great as it is to bring in Dwight Howard and Jeff Green and, you know, uh, guys that have been there for many, many years. You got to make an investment in some of these young players and hope that they can give you something, you know, for whatever reason you drafted them for. And that's some some talent on the floor. All right. Last question. LeBron leaving the East. He joined the Lakers in the Western Conference. The guys represented the East in the finals eight straight years. That streak is going to end because he left. Where do you see the Wizards fitting in in the Eastern Conference? And what is it going to take for them to challenge the Bostons and the Phillies and, and those team Philly, not the Phillies, <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers, the yeah. teams that a lot of people are at this point projecting to be the favorites. Well, and that, that really, you know, that's the nail on the head. Uh, you know, everybody said as soon as LeBron left that the East was wide open, and it is wide open, competitively speaking. But you got to get past Boston first and probably Philadelphia as well. So, you know, don't have any illusions that just because LeBron left that there's a clear path to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, Boston beat the Wizards season before last in a, in a playoff series. So we know they're very good and they're going to be better because they're going to get some guys back, and they were damn good last year. Philadelphia, we know. They're really good. They were better last year than anybody predicted them to be, and they're, they're going to be better. So the Wizards are going to be better as well, they, and they have to be competitive. Um, you know, I, I think it's great not to have LeBron there because twice now we've, we've had situations where we went into Cleveland and didn't have to worry about him when he left the first time and now when he's left again. And that's a great feeling because there's a there's, <laughs> He's not walking through that door. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going to a city where you know, not, not know that you're going to get beat because we've beaten Cleveland in, in Cleveland before. You know, from start to finish, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But you just have this feeling like, you know, wow, you're walking into the lion's den. So with him not here, um, it changes the narrative just a little bit. Now you have to feel that way really when you go into Boston or Philadelphia. Those places are, man, that's like walking into the National Zoo dressed as a pork chop, man. You just got to be, you got to be ready for those teams. So it's wide open. uh, But the Wizards and John Wall even said this, you have to be competitive there were too many games last year that they lost to teams that they should not have lost to. And that was really, that told the tale of their season. I mean, look at the last game of the season. They needed to beat the Orlando Magic. The to Orlando play, Magic. Right. To play the Celtics in the first round. Now, people say, yeah, but that's the Celtics. Well, yeah, well, they beat the Celtics three out of four times last year. So they, you know, they had a good handle on that team. It wasn't like they were just going to get crushed. But they couldn't beat the Orlando Magic, a team that didn't even want to win the game. Right. And the Wizards couldn't beat them. Now, see, that, that says something to me about the team that, that I'm hoping we don't see this year. They have to have more of a killer instinct against these lesser squads. They can't lose to Brooklyn by 35 points. They can't have a 22-point lead on Phoenix here and blow it and lose. They can't lose to a Dallas team that came in here 1-10 and and lose. they got to take care of business against these good teams because they're better than them. I mean, they're going to be better than them this year. So you can't lose to the lesser teams and get away with it. And, and I hope that's why I say defensively, I hope they have a different mindset and they come out hungry and focused and play for the majority 
of 82 games. Yeah, one thing I like that John said to Chris Miller, it was actually an interview on our last podcast, is that it, he's kind of done with the talking. This team doesn't want to like say they're the best team in the conference. They have to come out yeah, and the guy's going it. into his ninth year, right? right. I mean, he's, he, it's time. Right. It's, it's time to do it, and he mentioned those those lesser teams, and Ernie's mentioned the lesser teams. They, they, they need to get that out of their system, so hopefully it was a wake-up call, and they can do that. Well, uh, Buck, I appreciate you joining the show, and uh, next time I talk to you, I'll have to ask you for some uh, pool cleaning tips. I'll get, send you a bag of pH up. Yeah, there you go.